Welcome to Presence Practice. I'm Tim. And I'm Heather. In this podcast, we hope to give you some practical ways to experience the presence of God. And to give you some spiritual disciplines to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. We invite you to come and learn with us as we experiment and try on different ways to connect with our Creator. We're so excited you've joined us, and we hope that this will encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. All right, welcome to Presence Practice. We are uh, excited about this episode. This is a, a new experiment that we started, and we... How did we come up with this? I'm trying to think how we came up with this. We just well, were Well, we've been trying to be creative. Yeah. And I, this wasn't out of the blue. Remember the very first experiment we did, which is maybe not the best experiment for two people that might have ADD, was remember <laughs> we did 10 minutes of just <laughs> silence and listening prayer? Yeah, that was really not, not good. So <laughs> that did not work. That may not be on our list for a while because yeah. I can speak for myself. Like I would like last like an, a minute and mm-hmm. then my brain was like somewhere else and I'm like wait I'm supposed to be listening I'm like singing Disney songs or like Antonia songs in my head like half the time where <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah it's not, not working. Uh, even though that's great that's yeah. not a there's not a to my knowledge a spiritual discipline of singing Disney songs no, not at all <laughs> so <laughs> not helpful so anyway yeah so we we changed we, it we changed it and we said we were gonna oh this is what it was is you said let's start with scripture first to kind of have like a direction to go, right? So yep. then we spent, tried to spend 10 minutes a day in like silent listening prayer. Yeah. And I, I don't know about for you, but like for me, I'm never like, it's very rare that I actually spend 10 minutes just listening mm-hmm. because, and this is a good thing, like we're hearing God talk. Right. And like one of the things we said is if we hear God say something, we want to capture it, right. right? Like write it down. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, at least for me, with mm-hmm. like the memory of uh, Dory from Finding yeah. Nemo, it's gone. <laughs> like, like I, if I don't Disney write it themes down, coming out of this. What's know, that? Lots of Disney themes. Yeah, coming that's true. Out that's this. true. This is a Disney themed episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need like a little bell, like some of the podcasts do. Like anytime there's like a product placement, you hear like yeah. a little ding. ding. Um, Not sponsored. Anyway. I can promise you, we're getting no money from <laughs> Disney. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah, that, that but it, it's interesting because we we both I think had the same experience where we would sit down to listen and we would hear some God say something, but then we would respond. So it ended up turning out to be kind of a conversation somewhat. Yep, right, exactly. And this is a little bit different than the last experiment too, because the last experiment we were reading like the same passage every day over mm-hmm. and over again. Yeah, and then this one is a different a different passage. Yeah, each we just day. and it wasn't even a psalm. Sometimes it was no, you know, yeah, random. it was just kind of random. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so um, yeah, so this was, we, we got one week in and we realized that there was, God had said so much to both of us that we put, we hit the pause button. And so we are not doing week two until we finish this two week, two uh, part episode that we're going to be doing right now on, on what we heard just from one of the God stories. So that, yep, let that yep. be an encouragement that. God does speak, and it's a lot of things, and it's pretty awesome. So there's a lot. It's a lot to unpack. We could not do that many podcast episodes if we wanted to. There's no. so much. And we're still processing a lot of yeah. like what God showed us in that first week. Totally. And, I, and, I, and again, I know we said this before, but I feel like you know, in the middle of a pandemic, if you and I can do these experiments— mm-hmm. That I, I really feel like anybody could because yeah. like we, we, are, we can be scattered. We can oh, be yeah. – it's hard to focus sometimes, but like – God is like working and using this and putting life like into our spiritual life as a result of this. Totally. Yeah. 
It's pretty cool. So uh, why don't you share about your God story from week one? Yeah, week one. I think it was like day two. I uh, was reading Psalm 1, and uh, let me just read it. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Let me read three of the verses where it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers. Hmm. And so this is kind of interesting. Like uh, maybe about six or seven weeks ago in the middle of a pandemic, we just, we got, we had to get out of the city and just do something. And there's our vacation plans are pretty limited Mm -hmm. during a pandemic. So we went to the Pocono mountains and um, you know, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but like part of like my teaching brain is always on a little bit. And so like, yeah, we're walking along a stream and I really wish I'd taken a picture of this, but like it was one of those trees where you could see the roots Mm -hmm. and it was really knobby and curled up and interesting. And like it was near a stream, but the reason you could see the roots is it had kept hitting rock. And so it was like, like curled up and like going in different directions um, and I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, there's a sermon illustration here. Yeah. And I just kind of had forgotten about that, put, put that away. Yep. Then I get to this passage and um, it, it was like instantly God was like, okay, you're, you're like this person that is a tree planted by a stream of water. And it felt like God was saying that, like, no, I mean that like literally think about that. You're a pastor, which means you are surrounded by like opportunity to soak me in me being like God and to like to put your roots deep into the word of God and into prayer and into my spirit. And it was convicting because of what God said. He reminded me of that tree and he said, just because you're planted next to a stream of water doesn't mean that your roots always get there. And like, it was kind of like this, like, Whoa, like what is, what are the rocks right. That are like keeping me from getting that. And like, his word to me was, I want you to be well, like well grounded, <laughs> literally, excuse yeah. the pun, yeah. but like, I, I want multiple roots, not just one, uh, going into the stream so I can give you the nourishment and the food. And this kind of goes back to what you and I've talked about this before that as we talk about a rule of life that we've noticed that when we're taking like multiple things in mm-hmm. that God will often connect them. Yeah. It's like what you're filling your life with. Like God connects all the dots. Yeah. We I literally remember, like, talked about that in the last episode. I think that was yeah. about you, right? Like I remember yeah. like he was taking certain things from you that were like um, from different streams, yeah, different you know, sources. Um, and like placing them together. And actually it's I didn't really think cool. about that, but same thing here. Right? Yeah. Totally. As I'm like walking in nature, mm-hmm. thinking about like, God things, and I didn't even know it at the time. I, I'm literally just thinking about That's this for really the first cool. time. That's really cool. Yeah, now. I didn't even think about yeah. that. That's... And like he's connecting those two as I read scripture. So again, like yeah. that's what the rule of life does. I think it puts your radar on because I feel like God's always working around us, mm-hmm. but often I'll speak for myself. Like I'm so distracted that I don't actually see what He's up to, and mm-hmm. I think a rule of life begins to put you in tune with like, okay, where's God in this moment? Yeah, you know, definitely. So, yeah. So that was really, powerful. that was mine. And like I, like I said, that. that's one of those that like, even though that was like maybe almost two weeks ago that I've had this, like I can now at any point, just get the picture of that tree in mm-hmm. my, in this whole passage comes to my mind of like meditating on the law day and night and letting it be 
like my nourishment. And so it's still it's, really it's still cool. working in me, which is kind of kind of cool. Yeah. Well, we even talked about that in last time, last week's or last month's episode about um, like consuming God and eating God. That idea, I think it was from Psalm 34, yep. where it's that idea of like taste and see that the Lord is good. But that idea of consuming, right? Like, yep. So that reminds me of that too. It, nourishment. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're receiving God as your nourishment. It's kind of. My dad, like I still, cool. the echo of my dad's voice from when I was a kid still goes of like, you know, garbage in, garbage yeah, out. Like, yeah. you know, this idea mm-hmm. of like what you consume mm-hmm. is what's going to come out. And I still really can roll my eyes really quick thinking mm-hmm. about that. But like, it's true. Like it is yeah. like whatever, whatever comes into us is going to come out like eventually, right. you know? Yeah. So it's, it's true physically yeah, <laughs> like, in is. a literal way, but it's yeah. also true spiritually. So yeah. Yeah. I like it. So yeah, that that was kind of, I I had a couple others. That was probably the one that stuck with me the most. And I know you've had several as well, just in the first week. Uh, You want to talk about like one of those that we're going to maybe dig deep into over this episode and maybe even the next episode as well? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I think God said so much that I was like overwhelmed the first couple days, maybe the first five days. And it was really awesome, really important stuff that I, you know, I think we talked about some of it too, where it's just like, I was not expecting that. That's why I think it was good that we hit the pause button because we're like, there's so much here. Let's just like slow down, yep. and, which is not like us. But um, <laughs> nope. so one of the days I was reading Psalm 82, which I'm not going to read it now. But if you have if you guys that are listening have time to read it really quick, it's a very interesting psalm. And it talks about um, talks about gods like lower lo- lowercase g gods. Right. Um, so I started kind of asking God more about like uh in that passage, he refers to them as um, the sons of God or the sons of the Most High. So I started asking God, like, what are these little G-gods? Like, what are you referring to them as? Like, why are they called sons of the Most High? And um, I feel like God was saying some cool stuff to me about, like, uh, spiritual warfare and sort of how to, like, fight spiritual warfare. But there's a lot of context in what I even just said. Yeah. Well, not a lot of people talk actually, about. Can I read the verse? Yeah, sure. I think it's, totally. I think it actually might, if, if you've never heard this before, this is in Psalm 82 one. Right. And it says, God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment against the gods. Like little G. Yeah. Yep. Which I don't know, Heather, like gods, that's not what I was taught. I was I taught, mean, I was taught there is, we are monotheistic, right? Like, oh, yeah. Uh, we had the Trinity thing, the Father, mm-hmm. the Son, and the Holy Spirit, but that's one God. Mm-hmm. And now you're showing me this verse, 82, one, where it says, like, little g gods. Right, right? Yeah. El- The Hebrew word hel- totally. Elohim. Elohim, yeah. So, like, what's up with that? Is this just, like, one verse, and then, like, we can just kind of ignore it because it's nowhere else in Scripture? Talk to us. Like, what, <laughs> what, no. what am I to do with this? We cannot ignore this at all, and it's all over the place. And I don't know about you, but even some Bible translations like make you think that they're talking about like idols, right? Where it's like little, I don't know, golden statues or something of yep. cows or whatever at random. But um, exactly, it's actually talking about a divine council, right? So God has a divine council around him. So anytime you're seeing passages that are talking about like the heavenly host or mm. um, good. those types of of like beings around him. It's just a little bit like you have to picture, like if God's surrounded by these people, who are they, right? Or these beings, who are they? So um, there's a, it's a bunch of passages. One of them in, in Deuteronomy 32, 
refers to these Elohim as uh, even like a dead person in the afterlife, right? <laughs> so uh, now, it's a little crazy. These are all <laughs> Halloween's coming up. It's a little interesting. These are all verses <laughs> that like I remember. Like when if you've ever done like read the Bible in a year. I don't know about you, but like you read that and you're like, don't know what that means, so we're yeah. going to skip it, and you just <laughs> yeah. keep going. And uh, we should say right. a lot of this that we're learning from, we want to give credit to oh, uh, Dr. Michael mm-hmm. Heiser, uh, who a uh, brilliant guy. It, the book, was it Supernatural, Supernatural and the Unseen Realm are the yeah. two books that have helped mm-hmm. educate us on this. Yeah. But like, uh, that's a that's a kind of a big deal. And one of the things that I love that he says is that all the verses that we tend to skip and rush over are actually the ones that if we paid attention to are super, super important for yeah. like the way that we view God in the spiritually, like, like the, the spiritual, spiritual realm. realm. Exactly. And also it connects the, the verses that we overlook actually connect a lot of the dots that we can't connect on our own. When we look at passages like when Peter talks about, we'll talk about it later, but like Peter talks about us ruling over angels. Like what the heck does that mean? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so if we were to pay attention to some of those verses, I think it would actually help connect. And we've seen Michael Heiser, like really just has some brilliant work where he's connecting so many of these dots that I've exactly. never seen. It's like mind blowing. Exactly. So. And this so, is like yeah. very different than like what the, the idea that I grew up, grew up with was, um, and again, this, I'm not blaming this necessarily on the church is probably the church, the culture, everything, um, which I imagine most of our listeners have had similar experiences is that like you have God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit, and then you have like angels and demons mm-hmm. and then maybe some other weird creatures. And then there's all these weird stories that we don't know what to do with. That was kind of like our whole like yeah. mindset is you yeah. have angels with wings that may be invisible around us, mm-hmm. demons that are like just fallen mm-hmm. angels. Mm-hmm. And what you learn, none of that's right. right. <laughs> like like yeah. none of that is yeah. that actually, or I should say very, very little yeah, of that is right. That's it's a, not it's a fraction of the truth, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're still learning a lot about this. And even Tim Mackey has some great videos out there when it comes to like what the divine council is and, and what that even looks like and, and then what demons are and the Satan and all of that. So it's, it's very interesting, but, um, we, so I guess what we want to say is that, um, there's like, there's the divine council that God has around him. Right. And then something that we've learned from Tim Mackey is that some of those divine beings rebelled against God's rule. And so then that's kind of how it was. I guess where we get the term like fallen angel, right? Like it's like they're kind of the ones that are um, in rebellion against God's right. pl- ultimate plan. So God's ultimate plan is he created Eden. He wants to restore everything to Eden again, right? Like he created us in his image and were the image bearers of God, but he also told Adam and Eve to rule the world and subdue it. So he actually gave them dominion over all of his creation. And so that's what he wants to get back to. He wants to rule with us. He wants us to, to partake with the divine to rule together. Okay, so if I'm listening to this, <laughs> like I'm gonna back you up for a second because yeah, yeah. I can imagine somebody listening going, whoa, I, I think you said that the gods were real and isn't that just paganism? Like, are, are we saying now that we just believe in like, you know, Zeus and like kind of the, 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 the gods, you know, the Greek gods of, of mythology, or is this something different? Like when we say gods, what are we, this divine council, like, are they, are they just other gods and like our God is bigger than that God or like, does that make sense? Yeah, totally.
All right, so I, I think we want to just say to, and if we didn't say this before, but the word Elohim is actually pretty key because it does actually define God as um, an Elohim above the Elohim. So an Elohim is like kind of more of a general term for like any inhabitant of the unseen world. Yep. But God himself, Yahweh, is actually distinguished everywhere in the Bible as above all the other Elohim. Right. So it doesn't mean that the other Elohim are not divine. It just means that they don't have as much power as God. And they're not They're not creator. They are They created. are not creator. That, that's so that's a- actually ties back to my God story because that's exactly what God was saying to me was that um, God kept saying the verse like, in Genesis about how he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life into Adam, right? Yep. So what God was trying to say, I think, to me and remind me of is that, like, these little G-gods can't create life. They don't create life like I do. Like, I'm the creator God, which automatically puts him above and his power above all the other, you know. Yep, created beings. Created beings. Yep. So, so yeah, so what are the, for you, like, what are some of the bigger shifts in theology you had to make as we've been studying? Because we've been studying this for what, about, like, a year and a half or yeah, so? Yeah, almost years? two years now, I think so. So what are some of the theology shifts for yep. you? I mean, a big one I think would have to be, and you kind of alluded it to it already, which is creation. Mm-hmm. You know, you have um, Genesis one twenty six, let us make man in our own image. Now, I had always been told, I remember in Hebrew class, I was told that that's either talking about the Trinity, like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The problem with that, of course, is that like you're reading way back into something. Right. Um, and that was not necessarily a concept that was even around at that time. Right. What makes more sense is that God was speaking to the divine council, like you were talking about. And so, um, and this, and like we said that it's this divine council that has this task force task force to carry out and make decisions. And these beings are actually called the sons of God, which Mm -hmm. I think, think is really interesting because of course if you're a believer in christ you are also called a son of god right and um just like the divine council was had this mandate to sort of steward god's creation same thing in genesis we see that our mandate is to be fruitful and multiply Mm -hmm. and so to do it and have dominion over every living thing on the earth and so like what we see i always thought of it as like i don't think i had any category for the divine beings i thought they were just kind of like on the side but what you see here, and Michael Heiser brings this out, is that there's a divine council and then there's like an earthly council, which is us. Right. And we have similar goals. Like we're, we're to steward God's creation yeah. well. Yeah. And that's why the Bible also refers to us as to believers as sons of God or mm-hmm. children's of, children of God or Second Peter 1, 4 says uh, partakers of the divine nature. So uh, for me, I think the biggest kind of difference was thinking through creation of like, wow, we, and this is so us, right? We yeah. look at everything through our, the prism of like us. Mm-hmm. We're very like centered on what does it have to do with us? And so we look at creation and fall as being a, a man centered thing. And then when you look at Genesis though, you see that actually there's two things going on. God has created this divine council mm-hmm. of heavenly beings, the gods, and he's created us, mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, also with a mandate to like spread out uh, Eden over the, you know, over the entire world. Right. And then the same thing with the fall. Genesis 3, you have the fall of man. But then you get to that really, I don't know, Heather, did, what, did you ever read this passage in Genesis 6 growing up? Oh, yeah. Like, what'd you think of it? <laughs> I had no idea. 
I think I dismissed it a lot in my head because I'm like, let's just get to the flood. Yeah, like, yeah I don't know. I, I can understand like <laughs> a flood and a boat that we and animals. I can't really understand. And again, I think yeah. what Michael Heiser would say here is like, nope, don't don't rush that, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's something here. I'm just going to yeah. read it really quickly because yeah. I think it's so bizarre. It says in chapter 6, verse 1, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and had children by them, they were the heroes of old, men of renown. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a tricky one, (laughs) right? totally. Because it sure looks like Mm -hmm. these Elohim doesn't look like it's very state say very clearly these elohim went down were they were attracted to the women mm-hmm. the human women mm-hmm. married them or had sex with them and then they have offspring called nephilim which we find out later are the giants mm-hmm. and um i remember the first time i heard this from michael heiser my mind was like totally blown because yeah. i I'd read that before, but I'd never actually like thought through like what does that actually mean. Yeah, that's one of those passages where you're like, why did they leave this part in the Bible? Like they could have like <laughs> edited this out, and it would have been so much easier to understand. But it makes so much more sense and now, it, right? Because they wouldn't cut it out because it's their worldview. It's the Absolutely. way that they are viewing. Well, and it's their history. That, like, yeah. that's literally their their family history and the stories that they would have been telling, passing down right through their oral tradition when they're preserving. Exactly, exactly. And Heiser points out that um, one of the books that has a lot of the source material for this is First Enoch, Mm -hmm. which before you say, okay, Tim and Heather are off the deep end, (laughs) now they're quoting like extra biblical Mm. scripture. Here's what you should know. We are are not alone in doing this. Peter himself does it. Totally. Right? In First first Peter. Yeah. So like it is source material that um, we don't consider part of the canon, but Mm -hmm. is it's obviously holds a lot of truth and a lot of worldview that biblical writers thought they could draw from first Enoch. And in first Enoch, you learn all sorts of things. Like this was a a new one for me was that demons um, are actually not fallen angels at all. They are departed spirits from the giants, the Nephilim Mm -hmm. that are, they roam the earth harassing humans and seeking re-embodiment. Mm-hmm. When is Halloween again? We're getting close, right? Because <laughs> yeah. like that is like some creepy, yeah, creepy kind of stuff there. And it so, um, so basically, I, as you asked, as far as like the biggest shift of theology, I think like that idea that there was a double fall as well, and that these Elohim came down to Earth mm-hmm. to, and we're going to get, I think, into the next episode, like what then happens to them after that? Like right. you know, they're not all they're not all just out harassing humans. A lot of them were pretty big deals. They were rulers and they were literal, 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 little G gods. Mm -hmm. And we find out in scripture what happens to them, which Mm -hmm. I think we're going to get into next time. Yeah, which is going to be really fun. So, yeah, we're going to we're going to end here. But then we uh, we really hope you join us for part two of this episode because we're going to start talking about even some practical ways like that it affects our lives today and why we experience spiritual warfare, why that's even a thing, why we have to worry about that. Um, and what that really looks like. And we hope it brings a new perspective and gives you guys some hope too as to kind of the trajectory of where we're going in our Christian life and just kind of some cool things that we've learned. Yeah. And and listen, if if your head is spinning right now (laughs) and you're like, okay, Tim and Heather have like fallen off the deep end. First off, 
that's a good instinct in yeah. you. Whenever you hear something that is new or different, mm-hmm. don't trust it. And so yeah. I would just say, and this was maybe one of the most surprising things is that actually when you go back to um, more traditional like commentators and even like uh, commentaries and uh, theologians, even of old, you actually find out this stuff isn't super controversial. It's just not talked about. Yeah. Like this is not like stuff that people are like going, oh, that's that's heresy. Mm-hmm. It's been there all along. Mm-hmm. What I think Heiser does is he just says like, let's stop sweeping it to the side yeah. and bringing it to the surface. Yeah. Because there's a lot there that I think actually matters for us in the way that we view spiritual warfare. Even connecting the dot with Peter is kind of a really big deal because when you think about like Hebrew boys growing up learning the Hebrew like scriptures and memorizing it and having it literally be a part of their lives, like this book of First Enoch would have been something he would have been Very really familiar, familiar with. with, if not like memorizing and learning. So exactly. like that's something we have to wrestle with because it's coming out clearly in his writing and it makes way more sense when we actually like know a little bit about the book of Enoch because yep. it's like we can see the connections and the repetition. And, and this goes back to what we said in other podcasts too of like, you know, we're not saying that you can't just pick up the Bible and get something out of it. Right. But (laughs) we are saying there is so much context Mm -hmm. that if we'll take a little bit of time and begin to understand how maybe a first century Jew would have heard things like this, Mm -hmm. we can't really um, interpret and apply it to ourselves until we know how they would have taken it. And that's what we're trying to do is to show you like, uh, you know, without even judging the worldview itself, we're just saying this is how the Bible looked at the world and how it looked at the spiritual realm as well. It's kind and of important. that there's so much beauty when you actually do take the time. You, it's so much more like deep and meaningful, I think, in our lives when we actually like really understand it for what it was supposed to be first. Yeah, yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Well, right. I'm excited now that yeah, we've like, I know. if we've totally thrown you <laughs> off, uh, this is a good place to stop because uh, I think next time we're going to go deeper and it gets... If you thought this was crazy, just <laughs> hold on. It, the story it gets does. a little bit crazier. And, um, and but then it beautiful. will make sense. What's that? But then it will make sense. I think it'll make yeah, sense, too. I think so, too. Yep, cool. exactly. Well, thank you guys for joining us, and we will talk to you next time. Take care. Bye.